My name is Chris. I have a new life in Jesus Christ, and I am recovering from fear of man, lust, and this week, uh, barking at my kids instead of giving them loving discipline. Hey, everybody. Um, I grew up in a church going home with two incredible parents. As soon as my dad came home from work, my brother and I would bring him a baseball glove, and before he could set down his briefcase or change clothes, he'd play catch with us until dark. Dad was always available and supportive of my growth as a man. The affirmation of my earthly father remains, uh, to this day, a great example of my heavenly father. At age 13, I went to a summer camp and realized I had rebelled against God since my youth, and my sin would cost me death. Because God loves me, Jesus, who's God's own son, traded places with me on a splintered cross so that he would take my judgment and I would receive the free gift of his grace. Man, I was all fired up knowing I was clean of all my sin and thought everything was going to be different now. But my experience back home had been about being a good kid with manners. The same year I was saved, I discovered porn on the internet. Satan has a way about snatching the good seed as quickly as it's sown. Because my new life in Jesus had no roots, I felt ashamed to hit my porn addiction. My secret sin led to compulsive lying about everything. Growing through high school, I crossed sexual boundaries with women uh, or girls to make me feel like a man. I felt like as long as I had somebody to fool around with behind closed doors um, or some, somebody to walk around with in public, I had it made. Those relationships would eventually end in deep frustration and sadness. As a teenager, I'd miss God's plan for how men should honor and protect women, and instead I'd use them for my passions. I obscured Jesus' teaching in Matthew 5 that says, even to dwell on a woman lustfully is the same as committing adultery. Man, I was an adulterer thousands of times over. What I wish I'd had as a young believer was somebody to connect gospel truth to a transformed life in Jesus. What's that even look like? Mentors are not just for recovery circles. Some of us need to step up and mentor a young pup in their faith today. I left for college with a spiraling porn addiction, broken trust with my parents, and a desperate need to be affirmed by other people. In college, I started drinking excessively on the weekends just to feel accepted by others. Man, and it nubbed the void in my life for a couple hours at a time. In 2007, I arrived at Watermark one Sunday morning, and I was a mess. And God's goodness, one of the first men I became friends with shared openly about how God had forgiven him and was healing him from decades of sexual wreckage. Man, say what? I had to check the sign to make sure we were still in church. God used this timely friend and a Bible study called Equip Disciple on campus to establish depth to my relationship with Jesus and chip away at years of addiction to other gods. A few years later, I fell in love with someone I never saw coming. She hung affirmation around my neck and gave me daily encouragement, man, that I was making progress in life. What's her name? Most people call her the Marathon, but after 20 miles or so, I had other choice names for her. Um, now, don't hear me saying all fitness is bad. In fact, the Apostle Paul uses the analogy in 1 Corinthians 9, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize, so run that you may obtain it. My hang-up with Ms. Marathon was that her medals and the euphoria from finishing a race took the place of a greater prize, being significant in God's eyes. He holds a crown for me that won't rust. One afternoon, um, from the physical stress of pushing my body to the limit, I started having heart palpitations, which led to many months of unexplained panic attacks, dizziness, and constant anxiety. All the doctors I saw said, man, you're healthy as can be. Your vitals check out normal. At but at times, I literally thought I was going to die. My inability to find center of gravity again drove me to regen. 
the first night at Regen, I was amazed at how excited the leaders were to boast in their weaknesses. Man, that's not normal. I thought you people are either out of your minds or you really found something. Step one was pretty glaring for me. In step one, we learned we're powerless over our addictions, brokenness, and sinful patterns. That in our own power, our lives are unmanageable. Yep, check, check, check. My body and mind did not agree with the truth I read at times, but thank God I had an army of friends and community who lifted my eyes to look my heavenly father in the face. In step five, we confessed to God ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our sin. Let's go. My mentor listened to me describe years of self-medicating with sex, alcohol, personal achievement without even flinching. While I'd been looking for love in all the wrong places, my friend encouraged me, the only significant that really matters is God's measure of your worth by Jesus' death on the cross. John 15, nine says this, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Guys, can you believe that God's love for you is perfectly equivalent to his love for Jesus Christ. That's incredible. What God has done through humbling me and shaping me in Regen is simply amazing. I came to Regen tired and dried up inside, and he's shown me more joy and laughter through daily prayer dialogue when I trust his direction for my life. Y'all, did you know you could pray about literally, literally anything and God will meet you where you're at? Um, when I was dealing with panic attacks, there was nowhere to look but up, seriously. The Spirit taught me to pray and surrender finances, my career, obsessing over hobbies, road rage, family planning, the list goes on. God navigated me in a little over a year from lusting after marathon medals to cradling my oldest daughter, Melanie. Incredibly, he's used our now three kids more than any other vessel to not add anxiety to my life, but to wash me of it. And that's his love in motion. The change in how I view others has been significant too. God's spirit has compelled me to be obedient in ways that I would have run from before. He's prompted me to confess gossip to coworkers, admit lust early, tell others when I've been condemning them inwardly, confess and repent from fits of rage with my kids, make amends with people I've taken advantage of. You might be thinking, Chris, why bother admitting all those hidden sins? Nobody has to know. 1 John 1, 6 and 7 says this, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Catch this. If the blood of Jesus bought your salvation, confession and repentance are a means to the enjoyment of his daily presence. Just like Ann said, it helps us draw near to him. In marriage, God's taken some huge ground too. I shared with you in my youth, I would build emotional trust with girls to get sex from them. When my wife Ellen and I started dating at 18, I struggled to view her as a sister in Christ and would charm her just like every other girl. What that looked like when we were newlyweds by age 24 was serving to get noticed, serving to earn intimacy. And guys, that'll wear you out. To shake things up, a friend challenged me to write up a set of birthday coupons that she had a whole year to redeem. They ranged from radical date ideas to unique ways that I could serve her. Many of them I kind of left open-ended or could be applied in a variety of ways. But the catch was, I needed to serve Ellen out of love with no strings attached. Note, this is just how Jesus pursues us. His promises in scripture, I promise you, are greater than a coupon. He came not to be served, but to serve and lay down his life as a ransom for many. 
I honestly had a blast rediscovering what matters most to my bride, as a lot had changed since we added three kids to the house. The most important thing I can share with you tonight is this. Jesus is alive. He's the King of Kings, and he loves you. If this is your first night, please hear me saying this. Every single one of us came in with a past, but I thank God he's the redeemer of every human soul. No sin is too great, no person too far gone. My name is Chris. I have a new life in Jesus Christ, and I'm recovering from lust and fear of man. I give God all the glory.